In a world where people strive to conquer the digital landscape, the best leaders are moving forward and planting flags. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear about the thrill of digital victory and the industry's best guidance on how to win with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the all-new Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast. And uh, it is, I, I know it's not completely new, but it is, we're, we're, we're something like, uh, I don't know, this is going to be episode nine or 10 or something like that. And uh, so I'm going to keep calling it new until I just just can't call it new anymore. Um, and uh, as, I, as I've mentioned on every episode uh, up until now, that this program is brought to you by the very good people at Topcoder. And it is coming at you right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network. We do love our sponsors at OGGN because, uh, as I always say, without them, there is no us. And that is really true. And without us, where would you go for all of this fantastic content? The answer is nowhere because there isn't any place. So show our sponsors some love. If you're not familiar with uh, Topcoder, by the way, that we work with sponsors not just because they throw money at us. We don't just let anybody throw money at us. But uh, we work with companies that we think are doing something really good. They're good partners. They're helping the industry. Topcoder is no different. So have a look at them and uh, learn about open talent models. If you're not familiar with open talent models, could be the thing that helps you to get digital done which is the thing, of course, that this show is all about. I have a uh, I have a great guest today, uh, and I'm, I'm uh, regrettably I'm not at the fabulous Canon on the west side of Houston. We're having to do this one uh, in the remote configuration, but I do have on the line is what we used to say. I don't know if people still say that anymore, but I have Neil Christensen from Accenture. Neil, thanks for uh, making time today. Yeah, of course. And I would obviously love to have you in uh, in our innovation hub uh, under different times as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. the last I, time we talked, we, we did it a We year. did do it. Yeah. So so the thing is that before we just turned on the microphones, Neil and I have been catching up because we haven't really talked for, gosh, it's been it's been over a year, something like I, that. I think a thing happened in between. Something, there was something. I don't know. I read it. I heard about it on the news. You know, it, it, it definitely there was something going on there. But it does sound like... Um, I mean, you said you're in the office today, right? So uh, I so. am back in the office, which is great. In fact, I, I was just telling you, we have. If you hear anything in the background, it's because we're having our own private 5G installation happening right now. So if you hear anything in the background, I sincerely apologize. What is it like? What are we going to hear? Like laser beams and uh, <laughs> like like spacey kind of the what? The, the, the magic yeah. radiation waves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah. no, but I think you're they're installing some servers right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And and that's at the Innovation Hub, right? That's there, in our Innovation Hub. Yeah. In beautiful downtown Houston. So, so um, good. So, is it? How is it over there? Is it still look the same as um, as as when I was there last? Have you done any 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 new cool uh, uh, setups or anything? Yeah, I think you'll you'll be impressed. It is uh, it is a, a lot of the same the the good things that we had, but also a lot of new new demos that we've tried to do, and also of the care for for what health and safety looks like. Uh, so we have the sure. 5G network that we're installing. We have some new demos that are specifically using that 5G technology. So whether it's drill bits that stop as soon as you see uh, a hand coming close to the bit, whether it's uh, uh, some of the the infrared uh, cleansing things that we have for for our office, or we have our own virtual oil pump as well. I and mean, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that we've been able to put in, and we're we're very excited when uh, when we're we're going to open up the gates and, and let folks back in. So we're we're, we're very excited about that. <laughs> so I, I'm fascinated. So virtual oil pump is that a 
virtual pump that pumps real oil or is it a real pump that pumps virtual oil? <laughs> well, I was trying to get it so that it's a it's a pump that actually pours out beer, but uh, <laughs> the, the, they were, the HR was, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Can't have that. Yeah, they're um, funny about those things. They're, they're very funny. funny about that. Yeah, uh, virtually. No, it's 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 actually how you'd work a, a gas pump, and um, ah, it's gotcha. it's it's kind of a neat way of doing it. Cool, so, cool. I'll, I'll cool. show you next time you're in here. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. I have to. I have to get down there. So, um, uh, which by the way, we kind of skipped over the part about who are you. So for those uh, who, are, who, who, so there's got to be like a couple people out there who don't know you. So what is, what is it? Tell us what you do over there at Accenture. Sure. Uh, I, I'm within our innovation hub network. So I, I specifically lead our interactive group, which is sp- focused on how do we do digital at scale? How am I focusing on the customer centric way of delivering, but also, how do I use emerging technologies to, to move out of this, this POC hell and out of the lab into something that's actually practical? Right, right, right. Cool. So um, that's an excellent topic. We should talk about that today. Um, <laughs> it, it comes up a lot. Um, and one of the things is that, um, you know, people, so sometimes we've, we mentioned earlier about, well, before we turned on microphones, we mentioned how sometimes the the ivory tower you know uh crowd looks at oil and gas and they say well you're not getting this you're not getting this uh you're not getting this stuff done you know, fast enough which is you know why one reason why we started up this this podcast but but people sometimes like don't understand the level of complexity that that it takes like when you start talking about taking these like the innovation sometimes is the easy part it's um or maybe it's not easy but there's no lack of it like there's lots of smart people there's lots of smart brains working on the innovation all this kind of cool stuff but as you said like getting out of the lab you know at scale to, in, in complex environments across geographies i mean that is a that's 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 a big thing right that's like, like that's not just that's not something you just figure out at the end. And so, so, so that's where, and so that's where you're working, right? Is, is in that kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and let me just kind of focus in on why it's hard. And yeah, I, I think we good, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's just a primer there. And we all know this, but. Like, why uh, is it so, like, why is it well, so hard? I mean, why is it so hard? Because the other side of the argument is, look, this is an, this is a, an, indus- an industry that was built on scientists and engineers. Surely, if anybody could figure out how to do this, they could, right? Like, why is it so difficult? And and the scientists are great, and they continue to do things. I'm still blown away by the fact that my 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 gallon of gas at the pump is still cheaper than my gallon of milk at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like a very, when you stop and think about that idea, right. it blows your mind. And then you uh, think about what it takes to extract a gallon of uh, of of uh, gas from the earth versus extracting a gallon of milk from a cow. Those are different levels of complexity, right? It's infinitely levels of, yeah. uh, of complexity different. Yeah. Uh, why is digital so hard? I think you, you nailed on something that's that's kind of unique here. Digital is more than just a, a scientific problem. It's something where you're getting to the point where it's multiple groups having to work together to truly drive value. And if they're not doing it together, you're not actually solving the problem. So you need to make sure you have industry experts. You need to make sure you have the right technology talent. You need to make sure it's it's corporately viable. Does this actually save you money? Does it actually increase your top line? Is it moving you into new business areas? Do I understand how I can do this at scale? Is it simple to use? Do my 
is this something that is actually designed for the elements that's going to be in? I think I was uh, I was joking yeah. with you before we started recording about uh, a project where we <laughs> our client brought us in and was joking that the competitor didn't necessarily think about how do I make this work in a hydrocarbon environment. It's yeah. these simple things that if you don't actually understand the end users, if right. you don't understand all the complexities of the step, you're designing something that's never going to scale. It's yeah. just going to sit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thought exercise that's never going to go out into the market. Not designed to operate in a hydro. So we're going to, so the plan is we're going to put a spool of Cat5 in the back of a pickup and uh, <laughs> we're just going to drive it out there and make the, make the connection. Right. Yeah. Um, that's uh it's true. It, so we have all these things. Um, so you, so you, you hit on a whole bunch of things there, right? You talked about the having all the right people in there. And these are all things that like, we, like, I, like if I said, I've never been in a conference room and heard people talk about all those same things that you just iterated, or right? I'd be lying. So, so it's almost like we know those things, but we still have trouble executing on that. Right. So what, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a trick question, but like, you have any thoughts on why is that? Well, it's uh, there's there's a lot of things, and it is because you know first off, is the talent even available? I think we're 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 directly in a war for talent with yeah, a number of sure. different areas, um, and I think in many cases, oil and gas gets a, an unfair rep for being unsexy. Uh, yeah. The challenges that are solved in this industry are massive. If I told mm -hmm. you. Okay, so you need to drill within a couple of meters on the floating platform. <laughs> well, right. yeah. uh, well, yeah. we're dealing with connectivity issues, and uh, yeah, don't try no this one, at home. Who else deals girls, with this? Right? This yeah. is literally as difficult as rocket science. I don't yeah. think we're. In fact, that's a that's a direct transition for folks. I can tell you, my uh, my dad personally, he works for NASA before mm -hmm. he was actually working with hydraulics and oil and gas. It, it's literally that difficult. Yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. Okay, so. Um, yeah, so it's how it's a talent. It's a complex problem. It, we yeah. know the talent. It's so um, so uh, so. What do we do? Like, how do we? Um, I mean, we, we know how to. So we know how to shop for technology. We know how to. Um, we know how to shop for talent, even if we can't find it. Um, we we know how to. We certainly know how to have meetings and put put people in a in a conference room, even if it's virtual right now. What? Um, What's the, how do we, how do we turn all of that into actual progress? Or maybe let's put it in the context of, since this is the digital doers show, like where do you see people doing it and getting it done and having success? What, what are they doing? Well, I can, well, let me give you an example. And I know we were talking about this before is how do you actually, I'd be a terrible consultant if I didn't already have like a process. We have a way of doing this. We, we have like a way this, of right? doing this. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. a process we've done it and we've done it actually at uh, a number of different clients, including big super majors. And it's, sure. it's which we're never allowed to talk about, which so I'm never allowed to talk about. Right. Uh, I would, I would love to, uh, but I can vouch, no though. I can say that I, I, I can vouch for the fact that it's it's real, right? There's, I, you know. I, I give you the, the, the answer off uh, off mic. Okay, off, uh, off mic. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing you need to make sure you're doing is making sure that you understand what your strategy is going to be. So do I? I know I was talking about it a little earlier. SB experience led. Do I understand how people are going to use things? Is it value focused? Do I understand if this is actually going to move things forward? Am I building things in an agile methodology? And what I mean by that is, are you continually doing the things that are most important to the business 
in the in that secession? Are you mm-hmm. reviewing it with the business? They understand what that looks like. Am I designing it technically to be able to scale? And then finally, is it operational once I actually put it out in the field? If I don't have those set up for my strategy, first and foremost, you're never going to be able to have the ability to move forward with each uh, successive step in that strategic direction. So, and all that going to be, be part of the same plan, right? Like you can't, you can't say, well, my job was just to invent the thing and now I throw it over the wall to somebody else who's going to operationalize it. I, I think I, that's where we, we everybody's in it together. If you are pointing and saying that's somebody else's fault, you're not collaborating. You're failing in the fundamental ideas of digital is it's a collaborative network that everyone needs to work together. If we say that digital transformation or digital projects are exclusively this group's ownership, you failed. Everybody needs to take ownership and add some sort of responsibility over the project. Right. And be involved in the the planning Mm -hmm. and the design and and all that. Because there's going to be things that you're going to want to do. And the people who are experts at how do you deploy and operate this stuff out in the wild, they're going to look at it and go, hold on that's going to be a security problem or there's no connectivity there or, you know, how are we going to, okay, how are we going to update it? Right. Like how we, like, like, like people have different perspectives that are going to help you make sure that you um, don't get off on the path that uh, that you're not going to be able to complete. And everyone has a skill set that that is their core competency. And it's actually how you make one plus one equaling three. And, And I know we talked about this a little bit earlier on, but it's, how do we get people to actually have these natural conversations outside of, you know, a forced meeting? Yeah. If I sit and look at each other on a on a <laughs> on teams where you're a little bit of a box, that's one thing. If I'm right. actually talking and having a conversation and actually digging into what those uh, potential concerns are and allowing a space where it's okay to bring these escalations up, where it's more of a flat way of working, that I have a governance where I can share risks uh, effectively and we, we understand what each group is trying to do, yeah. that's where you actually start to add the value. Other than, you know, I own my thing. If I own my silo and stay in my silo, we're, we're no better off. Yeah. So, um, so I always say this, uh, or I always observe this. I don't always say it, but, um, um, but I think I said it on the last episode of Digital Doers. But every conversation that we have about um, technology, or not just about tech, but about like getting things done in the oil and gas industry, we always end up talking about three things. Um, and so you just hit one of them. One of them is silos. We always talk about. We always end up somehow or another. We're going to talk about silos. We're also going to talk about data. One way or another, we're going to talk about the data problem, and we're going to talk about the culture problem. And we've kind of yeah. already hit on the culture problem a little bit, um, but um, and, and the culture and the silos kind of go together. Except that, except that I think, and this is another thing that people don't always appreciate, which is when we talk about silos in oil and gas, we're not just talking about like these people don't talk to those people down the hall or these people have an overdeveloped sense of ownership. We're talking about whole huge pieces of complex operations that are in no way really linked or connected to the one like on either side, except for whatever they've sort of negotiated as the handoff over the years. So the systems aren't connected. The databases are, speak different languages and like, it's all, it's that. um, And if digital is supposed to, is supposed to traverse those silos. It's not just a, it's not just a culture problem, right? It's not just a mindset. Like there's like real physical silos. 
there are real physical silos. And that's part of how an organization is set up. And the idea is that unless you're cutting across those and you have the governance structure to be able to facilitate that, you're going to develop something very different for your uh, your Permian group as compared to your yeah, yeah. your offshore group. They're going to design in silos. They're even going to design in different technologies. They're going right. to have very different storage and scaling concerns. And that is, it, it was okay. But now when we start to bubble everything up, how right. are we getting those efficiencies? How are we getting the learnings? And there is some bespoke things that you need for each one of those groups. Mm-hmm. But if you can't have a centralized we all agree that data is stored like this. We partner across an ecosystem and we go with certain partners. I get scale across that. I'm able to actually understand when my update happens, I can do it in both groups. I have a group that's actually with me that is going to be facilitating that. I'm able to get lower cost points because I'm able to get the efficiencies of three or four distributions or three or four platforms or negotiated rates on my, uh, uh, my licenses. Unless you have that higher level strategy, you're just going to spend money and be very specific for each group. And the, <laughs> their learnings are not shared across. Right. And so your digital transformation is going to be a bunch of point solutions that don't actually transform yes. anything. Um, all right. So we're talking about that in the abstract a little bit. So let's like, can, can you, let's, let's give some examples of like, so for example, um, when we talk about getting the efficiencies and the learnings across these uh, disparate groups, like like like, what's a good example? And and not like a textbook example, but what are you seeing um, in the real world? It, it, in the real world, we're brought in <laughs> we're brought in to be silo busters. I think that's what yeah, it, it, it comes yeah. down to. You have like a cool van that you drive around in for that. <laughs> And the and the and the the, the little uh, blaster cannon thing. Yeah, my, my, and, I'm trying to remember my Ghostbusters. Well, the only difference is your your slogan is "cross the streams." <laughs> That's right. You have to cross the streams. Cross the streams. So, <laughs> so yeah, and and all all the young people are going what. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bill Murray's funny. No, yeah, that's, that's, is, if you don't funny. know what that one is, yeah, he is very funny. So, um, uh, yeah, so. Uh, silo busters. So, so give me a for instance, like why? Yeah, in, in many cases we do see this, and uh, I, I, I briefly touched on it. But it's having a governance structure to be able to effectively do that. So, you need to look at how your your corporation or each one of your groups is actually is, is organized. Who's mm-hmm. the main owner, and who's the shared responsibility to be able to force those across? You can hire external consultants to do that. Um, which we're happy this is to always do. a terrible idea. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I, I, I say if it can happen organically, organic is the best way to do it. How you know, are it, you going to get it, It's good though. I I'm going to, so without, without, and this, I don't mean this as, as, as a, as an overt plug for Accenture or any other consulting firm, but, but I grew up in the consulting world, um, you know, professionally grew up. And I can honestly say that there were time, there were many times when we would go into a place, a client and and we we were able to bring in um, you know the learning and the experience from other places, and we were able to see things that they weren't able to see because you know you have a tendency to see things the way the same way that you always see them. And and if you, so, if you have a partner, if you have consultants that 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 you trust and and that really work together and partner with you. Um, it's not. It's it's a good idea. It, it's a good idea to get new eyes on the problem, especially if those eyes have solved, seen the problem solved in other places. 
Yeah. And we're going to bring it across different industries as well. I know we were talking about this a little bit as well. Yeah. yeah. What you're used to doing is (laughs) what you did yesterday is never going to be good enough today. Right. Right. So what what are other groups doing? What are you seeing in high tech? What are you seeing in products? What are you seeing in mining? Mining is actually a really great example of Mm -hmm, how you're taking some of those those efficiencies of scale on razor thin margins and actually scaling those across. And we've, we, 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 we want to make sure that we're bringing some of those learnings uh, into a lot of the oil and gas use cases we have, because uh, it, it is, it is very siloed and there's a reason why it keeps coming up. It's because the organizational structures are, are set that way. And unless you're challenging yourself to say, what is the win-win for each of these groups working together? Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that, that progress. So yeah. it's it's understanding where where the win wins are from your group to be able to to scale that forward, right? And and it's more than just you know changing the org chart, right? I mean because oh yeah because there's the organization has been set that way, like you said, but also all of the processes and tools and everything has evolved in those silos, and um, you know so there's there's real stuff there that doesn't like 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 really gel with the with the stuff next door mm-hmm. yeah are we calling so, the same thing the same thing yeah <laughs> I, is, I, what I, is a well have we figured out what a well is yet because it, it, if anything it seems like like we should have solved that problem I, I, how about this i i i'm not going to name the the person uh but there's a there's a corporation we walked into and we saw three different groups and they said they run agile there were three very very different definitions of what agile meant there's yeah. three three very different ways of collaborating across teams. There's different uh, tolerances for for learning and essentially enabling new ideas. So how do I do I encourage this? Am I a culture that accepts new ideas or am I a culture that shuts down new ideas? Am I yeah. a culture that encourages people to try new things in a smart risk profile? Or am I the people who blame people? for trying things outside of their, their, their zone. And yeah. if you, if you punish them for that, you're, you're encouraging a status quo mindset. Yeah. And that's, that's the first thing you need to do. You need to get out of that status quo mindset. Yeah. That, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No good deal will go unpunished. Um, <laughs> so what, so, but you, you bring up a good point, which is, um, the so you mentioned risk tolerant risk tolerance this is another thing that is often not as much appreciated by people outside the industry it looks like sometimes it looks like we're um slow and um and uh not willing to 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 get with the times right but really it's all about it's all about risk tolerance like like the industry is extremely risk averse and there's good reasons for that i mean you know like markets crash and people get hurt and you know i mean like bad things happen if you're not careful about the risk so how how do you see that like with your with the clients that you're working with how are they balancing that okay this is a this new world where we're doing all these exciting things but we still got to manage risk how how are they managing that it's it's balancing a safety culture and understanding where your third rails are so anything that sacrifices safety that's a no touch perfect right and that that's 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 sacred what are the other things that we can do is it is it sacred that a process needs to follow a very specific uh orchestration of steps maybe, yeah. maybe not 
Is it, do I need, can I move things to be a virtual uh, checklist? Yeah. Is that sacred or not? Is it, can I actually have some collaboration from some folks around the globe? Can I actually be remote on some of these items? Can I, what am I willing to give up in automation? What is the things that I have to have a human there, but what are the things that I'm willing to give up? And where is my tolerance to say, yes, I'm willing to let that be fully automated. So it's questioning these orthodoxies of, is this an orthodoxy because it is a pure safety thing that we cannot touch? Or is this something that I can challenge and get back to the root cause of why we don't modify that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it, it, is, it is a fine line there. But the good news on the digital side is you're, you're able to be a lot, it, it's able to push the line a lot further. Right, right. So, so you're describing a lot, we're talking about all these different things that we need to kind of assess and work through and make decisions. And we're talking about how we kind of get people realigned and, and do things in a particular, <laughs> figure out what agile means. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that we could do a whole nother episode just on that. But um, so all of this, uh, to, <laughs> this is begging for, for a playbook like the, like 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 this, there must be, you must have a playbook yes this, right yes so we have a way of doing this like but but it's it's not um I, you know because you we've just very sort of like neatly and cleanly said well you got to do this and 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 if you do all these things then everything will come out fine but like okay now we need something like all that stuff you just said how do we manage our way through all of that yeah. And uh, I was joking about this, that we literally have thousands of pages around a, a frameworks and different types of frameworks that we can do that make sense. So, And if you call Neil, he'll schedule a meeting to come show you those thousands of slides. <laughs> Which I hate doing the sales stuff like that. It's not, we, we, there's, a, there's a framework for everything. And there's a reason is because it's a, a proven methodology that works across a number of different industries. And we've seen yeah. this work um, because those are the steps you need to take forward. Now, are they easy? Absolutely not. Are they painful? Absolutely. And it goes back to what are the pitfalls? What are the same things that we see time and time again? It's, um, you know, I would talked about skills. Have you partnered with the right relevant technology? Is this something that's going to go obsolete in a couple of years? Do right. you understand how you're going to be executing? Am I testing this out in the market? Do I understand if people actually would want to buy this? Or is this something that my end users would want to use? It, it, can I deploy this? What are the, if I involved everybody early on, do I understand what a product looks like? Or am I just deploying right. another version of Windows? Yeah. I, if, you, if you think about those sorts of big boulders, you're able to focus on, on check boxes. Of, yes, do I have a, a, a common way of saying how I do burn down charts in Agile? Do I have right. a common way of doing application updates? Do I have a common way of submitting new ideas and actually have the leadership to focus in on each one of those ideas and filter in which ones take priority? Those are the sorts of things that uh, when you have the muscle to be able to execute them time and time again, it becomes second nature. So when I joke right. about that we've got tons of playbook, it's because it comes with a lot of pain and learning uh, that we've yeah. had. Yeah, well, and that's the, um, you know, that... That's the benefit of, um, and this is something else that it comes up on a, in, in, in a lot of episodes where people talk about the industry is, you know, people in the industry are 
or begin. I shouldn't say beginning because it's been going on for a little while, but it's still relatively new, kind of like this podcast. But um, looking at okay, what is really competitive, and where do we have space to kind of share and learn from each other, or maybe even implement the same ways of doing things, such that we kind of benefit the industry. Um, you know, at, you know, at scale, kind of across the industry, make because the other thing that I like to observe sometimes is that we're, you know, competitive advantage. Like people, people in oil and gas have always been like obsessed about this is our competitive advantage. But now we're in kind of a new dynamic, which is that the industry itself is competing kind of against like other forces in the world, right? So, um, so we're, we're, I think we're we're seeing where people are more open to um, saying, well, really all of this over here, like this is, this is our secret sauce, this part right here. And the rest of it, maybe we can collaborate and learn from each other and work together. Is that, you, you, you I, I got a it. statement. It's not really a question. No, that is, so is, that it, is, is sweet on, that is straight on. That is exactly a comment I would have made. Uh, okay, well, you need we'll, to understand. We'll back this when, up and we'll, and we'll have you make it. <laughs> no, you have to understand when it is something that is, core differentiation to your business versus something that is commoditized and better in the market. Yeah. So, so, um, so this, this whole thing about how to get a project done, right. How to, how to organize yourself around an initiative, get the right ownership, get used the right, use the right, you know, we used to say methodology. I don't know if that's still a, mm -hmm. a an acceptable word. Um, um, but I, I will bite your hand for that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we used to say assessment and then we stopped saying that because that was a bad word. But um, uh, th so this is an area that people can can work together and learn. Right. And and I mean, are there like do you have do you ever do you ever do things where like you like invite different clients to come together and sort of all learn uh, like workshops or I don't know, I'm just making this up. But is there yep. is there anything like that that people can do? Yep, there's a number of different industry things that we do where we do encourage cross collaboration. Uh, so yes, there's a number of different networks and avenues for that, and uh, I, I can I can share those. But yeah, it all well, depends on what is considered the secret sauce and what is not. What is a, a common framework that we can agree? Because if we can get to the same definitions of of terms, the same technology stacks, we can start to share information even anonymously where it can actually add more and more value. And that's yeah. going to become even more important as I, I think we all see this increased regulation over uh, sustainability items and, um, yeah. and kind of where we fall under that spectrum. So it's going to become even transparency and clarity on how you're doing things is, is, uh, is the next pressing thing I see. Ooh, transparency. That's a scary word. Um, uh, especially when you think it's your special sauce. Yeah, and, this, sure. and that's understanding where do you partner. And the example I always give there is, look at Tesla. Tesla shared a number of its initial patents with the idea that they could set the industry standards. Right. And that they believe that their special sauce was around how they're actually developing their hardware. Right. So you need to figure out what's your special sauce and what's not. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And this is another. So now we've gotten into culture. This, this is a <laughs> cultural challenge because this is an industry where... Um, People, all right. So the story that I like to use as an example of this is a friend of mine who uh, came out of school as a geologist. I, I think I want to say in the mid '70s, um, uh, something like that. So he's obviously he's substantially older than I am, and um, 
he, um, he, he went to work as a geologist for, you know, it was like, it was Texaco or here in Houston, one of the, one of the, one of the, whoever were the big ones, it was Texaco or mobile or something like that. And, and they said to him, and so it's like, it's his first day. And they said, here's your office. You know, he's got a nice office and everything. And, and this is where, you know, you came at, this is back in the day when geologists came out of school and they were the talent. Right. And, um, and they said, now here's the thing is, uh, Anytime you've got maps out on your desk, this is right back before when maps were actually on paper. They said, whenever you have maps on your desk, you need to make sure that you close your blinds because somebody might be across the street with a telescope. <laughs> so, you know, that's like that's that's a completely different mindset uh, <laughs> from yeah, like, it, like, it really is. Yes, like somebody might be across the street with a telescope and they might be trying to get a, a look at your maps and, um, and so, the, so to, to go from that, and that's like, what, I don't know, what is that like 40 years ago or something mm-hmm. to go from that to today saying, Hey, we all need to come together and share and exchange ideas. And like, it's, it's a big leap for, for this industry. It, it, it is a huge leap. Um, I can tell you my, my brother is also a geologist and I can okay. tell you just in the, <laughs> just in the, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years that he's, uh, he's been in his career. It's, it's been funny to see the, the more digitization of, of his, his practice as well as, uh, within, within my sector as well. Of how right. So how does he feel about that? Is he, does he like, is it like open arms or does he kind of complain about it? What's his mindset? I, well, I, I would say uh, my brother falls under the uh, millennium spell of, uh, you know, he's a millennial and I, I think it's, 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 he's happy to have the digital components yeah, okay. there because you're able to do, and, you know, we talked about resiliency. If you are able to have a more digital business, you're able to get the best talent because you're able to make sure you're, you're getting people wherever they are. And when we talk about the best talent, you know, that's, right. that's, that's one of right. the components there. Right, right, right. Uh, it is also nice because you get more real-time data. When we're talking about maps, maps are static. Yeah, wow. are. What if I'm able to yeah. apply different layering techniques to the map? Well, we, right. you know, it's it's the it's the jump of saying, was the, the old road atlas more helpful for driving, or is Google Maps better? Like, what right. am I getting from this? How can I bring in intelligence to be able to make recommendation systems if I inevitably miss my turn or there's new traffic construction in, uh, on the highways in Houston? Yeah. If, if yeah. I didn't have that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I might get lost a lot more often. Uh, yeah. Does it allow me to make modifications? Does it give me recommendations where gas stations are? We are able to guide the human and actually bring the, the intelligence of what computers do best and what humans do best to make those critical decision making. So how do I bring those two together? So it's been interesting to see how he has dealt with that, um, as well as some of the other industry things that I see as yeah, as yeah, well. very interesting. So okay, so where are we here? We're we're probably getting close to that. That that might have been a nice little note to uh, to wrap up on. Um, any any other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So let's wrap up on that. But I want to ask you one more thing. Sure. So, um, <laughs> what uh, we well we mentioned learning from um, from other industries. Uh, anything anything that stands out that in and I know that you work with people in other industries. Anything that stands out recently that you've done that just sounds like hey, this is something that the oil and gas industry could really learn from. Oh, so much. Um, it's 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 hard to pick just one. Um, but let me say that the, the most equivalent uh, 
industry that I I like to compare uh, oil and gas to is mining. We talk yeah. about things that are ultra low margins that continue to rely on data being the secret sauce and how am I using digital to make a difference? Mining is a really good example. Right. And when we say, how am I digitizing decisions to be able to make intelligent moves forward? And that can be whether it's intelligent predictions, whether it can be, um, you know, is my is my new engineer wearing out my wellhead? Yeah, what if they could actually see a 3D version of it? We've actually done this right, work. Uh, right. And it was actually something we saw a great improvement there uh, for, for, junior, uh, <laughs> for junior engineers. Uh, same sort of thing with uh, safety, if we talk about that, that third right. rail. Are we actually, can we use uh, sensors to be able to detect eye blanks? Like, are you, is the person actually getting fatigued? Are they overheating? How am I using technology to be able to keep people safer? be more effective in my operations and actually drive synergies. So uh, another good example I like to use is, are, do I have the most optimal route? Um, like are people mm. going between the right routes? Do yeah. I actually understand where I need to do maintenance? Maybe I can right. push off maintenance because the, the, my sensors are saying it's effective. And how am I learning from those? So mining is a really good analogy, and I'll, I'll use that. But we can talk about a number of different industries. So, so, so is that they're doing? So they're so they're doing well with all of that mining. I guess is what you're saying. They're um, mm-hmm. they're they're uh, making progress with digital in all those regards. Absolutely. And there's there's really good point solutions of, of a number of different oil majors to that are doing parts of that. Mining, mm-hmm. I think, has been the best example of bringing it all together to get aggregated views. Yeah, because everything you just said is, you, know, you hit all the hotspots of digital transformation in oil and gas, right? I mean, I, I, I won't repeat it, but you, you, you pretty much went, went down the laundry list of these are all the things we need to be able to do in the industry. So it's yeah. good to, I mean, uh, so if I... Um, so if I can derive from that is that these things are doable. People are doing these things. They're doing them in mining. Um, some people are beginning to do, you know, they're doing them in oil and gas. Like it's, it's not just, it's not just a pipe dream. It's one of those things where if you take those point solutions and everybody can think about, I'm solving a specific problem. If you actually took the time to step back and say, what's my vision? What's my strategy? What does great look like? And challenging yourself to say, I'll, I'll go back to the, the road atlas example. If you are merely digitizing a road atlas, you are not doing digital. Digital is taking that road atlas and making a Google Maps. Right. And that's the challenge, the North Star vision, all of our clients should be thinking of. And we try and help push them in that direction. That's what good looks like. And digital can help extract tons of value that's just left on the table. And that, that's going to be a good place to wrap up. That's a good, it's a good, that's a good wrap up thought. Um, of course, the, the, the thought that comes immediately after that is how do we pay for all this? But we're going to have to cover that in, in another. It's a different uh, podcast. I can talk about a, that. That's another, actually we should, we should do a follow up because what we really didn't get into is, is okay, but I only have this much money and they mm-hmm. told me that I need, you know, that, you know, there's a whole nother thing about. I got like they gave me five dollars and I got to deliver like ROI on that five dollars by next week. And then if I do that, then they'll then I'll get some more money. Right. And yeah. so so we should come back and talk about how do we you know, there's new there's new expectations around ROI. Right. You can't have like multi year projects anymore. And so 
and so increasing i mean the, the money thing is the thing i mean look in the market and say what's the hurdle rate what's the value where is right. the money going you need to show value pretty quickly so yeah we yeah. can definitely talk about yeah, that. yeah so let's do so we'll, so we'll <laughs> we'll do that uh maybe when you can come out to the canon or i'll go over there to the uh to the innovation hub i i it would be good you know i don't think i haven't been downtown in a long time so it would be good to do that yeah absolutely love to do it Okay, cool. All right. Well, Neil Christensen, thank you very much from Accenture. And I appreciate you making time. It was good to catch up. Um, and uh, well, let's, let's, let's do this again fairly soon. Just a couple of more things before, I, uh, before we wrap up. And, and this, is, this is, of course, if you're still listening. If, if you're not listening, then you're, you're going to miss out on all this good stuff. But um, thanks again to Top Coder for sponsoring every episode in this program. Really appreciate those guys. Have a look at what they're doing. Um, everything that Neil and I just talked about, especially when you get into having the right talent at the right time, working at the right speed, uh, TopCoder has a way of doing this, and it's really interesting. So, so have a look at topcoder.com. Um, also, if you're not part of the street team, then you need to be part of the OGGN street team because they are also... Um, now back out on the real streets again, and uh, they're doing some a lot of fun stuff. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be doing things at the new events that we are uh, that we're gearing back up. As I mentioned, we got the OGGN happy hours starting again, the monthly happy hours um, with the panel discussions, and more importantly, the food and drinks. Um, so look for that on our LinkedIn. Uh, you can see all of that on LinkedIn. You can go to OGGN.com. You can sign up for the mailing list. Also, when you go to OGGN.com, you might notice if you haven't been there for a while that there are a bunch of new podcasts coming out. This is one of them, of course, but there's also there are some others. There's there's Journey to the Energy C-Suite, which just sounds fascinating. So you should check that one out. There's also one called Energy Scale-Ups, which also sounds fascinating. So check that out. Um, bunch of new podcasts, bunch of new stuff going on at OGGN. So have a look and that is going to wrap it up for today as always thanks to our audio fixer guy mr mac roman for making us sound fantastic and the next thing that you're going to hear is savannah wilson who will tell you about our upcoming events hey everybody it's savannah from OGGM, and here are the events on deck for june 2021 this month we have six events but if you'd like the full list you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter we send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. We even include events that occurred two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting two events. One is online, and one is in person. For our online event, we're hosting a live stream titled Deal Value Creation, M&A, and ONG. This is going to be on June the 2nd. And for our in-person event, we're relaunching our happy hours. It's been far too long since we had a good happy hour, so I'm sure plenty of you will be excited to hear that our next happy hour will be at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on June 24th. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts and network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. We hope to see you there. Other than OGGN's events, we have two in-person and two online events. First up, we have our two in-person events, which are the Energy Capital Conference on June 2nd at the Omni Houston Hotel and the U.S. Police and Fire Championships from June 10th to the 21st. The Police and Fire Championships will be hosted in multiple locations, so make sure to check out our events newsletter for more information about that. Next, we have our two online events, the first being the Post-Industrial Summit Series. 
This event actually started on May 4th, but it'll be ending later this month on June 22nd, so there's still plenty to see. And our second online event is the Big Data Industry Summit from June 9th to 10th. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for June. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Come back next week for yet another exhilarating expedition into the very real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.